0: Welcome back to another episode of Readiness Radio, and I have the pleasure to uh, be introducing my friend, four-time Olympia, arguably the best bodybuilder ever, and certainly the most successful bodybuilder of our time, Jay Cutler. Jay, welcome to the show, man.
1: It's great to be on, Aaron. Good, good to uh, good to talk to you on on uh, recording for once.
0: Isn't that weird? I was thinking of that, about that before we uh, before we were starting. Like that, um, all the times me and you have talked and everything over the years, uh, we have never done an interview. I've never uh, recorded anything with you in any format ever.
1: I don't think it's yeah. I mean, we never really. I don't think we even interviewed back in the day when you did those interviews. No. You know, we were always either face to face or our you know, try to, we stay in touch through text or a lot of phone calls, obviously. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to, uh, you know, to be on and, uh, be featured on your, on your, on your channel here.
0: Yeah. This is going to really, uh, this is, <laughs> this is going to make you famous, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's actually, before we get into it, I have to give you credit because we just kind of were just talking about it. Kind of, um, Jay and I have been friends and, uh, for quite some time I was working for Dave Palumbo um kind of reg kind of early on working for dave palumbo when me and you got in touch and uh, i remember distinctly telling uh dave i said oh me and jay are friends and he goes oh he's like why would he be friends with you <laughs> uh he goes he just wants information out of you and uh, typical dave palumbo right and yeah. and uh and we've been friends ever since and it's and the reason why i bring it up is because um as you know as you know firsthand um as things change and hopefully people out there you get more successful and things work out for you, uh, people have more reason to want to be friends with you, right? I mean, you know this in your life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so it's cool because you had no reason there was no benefit. You weren't looking to get anything and we got to be buddies, um, strictly, um, because of conversation and things that we had in common and there was no, um, there was no exchange of anything. I never asked you for anything. You never asked me for anything. And and um, I'm sure in your life it's been like this for quite quite some time. But for me, that's a new, a relatively new thing. Where I, sometimes I have to be um, I have to be cognizant of the fact that sometimes people want stuff from you.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's not such a bad thing. I mean, listen, a lot of people when people respect you, they come to you for advice as, uh As long as it's not in, it's too invasive on what's more important for your time right i mean there's only so much time in the day if you're focusing on building an empire which i know you are at this point maybe not you know 10 years ago but uh it's you know your time is very limited i try to tell people that and you can imagine how many text messages emails phone calls whatever i might get in a day and you know my schedule so it's very limited when i can and you you get those late night texts from me sometimes because it's just, it's very limited what you can do and and still have personal time, which at my age is more important to me now. I mean, business is still thriving, but my personal time and having, you know, a fiance and all that stuff, it's, it's important for me to, to kind of commit time to that as you do with your children and your wife and, you know, probably your family at this point.
0: Sure. It's interesting. That That's something you bring up. So time, obviously is something you can't get more of. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You have a limited amount of time. Do you put a dollar figure like in your mind on what your time is worth and you kind of stick to that? No, because I'm not a money guy. Like everyone has this
1: assumption that because I've been successful and they see success as like how much money someone makes or, you know, they look at, look at, uh, you know, what, What kind of empire you've kind of built and they say oh his his time is money and you know he's he's you know taking time from away from his money if if i'm cutting into that but i think with me it's you know i i have time for certain people in my life um when they really need me for certain things otherwise a lot of times aaron it's just it's just conversation right Mm -hmm. and it's just uh you know we can sit here and you know our conversation is just reflecting on you and i and we, we talk some business but it's more about enjoyment of, of life. I mean, that's really what we talk about more. And listen, you know, we have views on all, how we want to build our business. I've been through a lot, you know, through my life early on. I mean, I was able to be super successful, you know, in my 20s and carry through and being in my 40s now. I mean, there's, there's just, I realize what my life uh, path kind of is at this point. And I know I want to enjoy the time. I see too many people around me that don't get the opportunity uh, because they either get sick or uh, unfortunately some people die early in their life and they never really got to enjoy a lot of things. So I think you and I both realize how important it is to enjoy the things as you become more successful. But um, I really can't put a dollar value on any of my time because I think the dollar value is just overrated to be honest. <laughs> I think that's coming from someone that, that really isn't. I'm not saying I'm not concerned on how much money I make because that's, that's not the truth. But I, I value life a lot more than I do, um, you know, what my financial stability really is at this point, you know.
0: It's funny how, like, me and you have obviously talked a lot about, like, what's important um, in life. And, like, you know, since you've been doing this for so long, you've been successful for, you know, 20 years. Whereas I've only been doing this and been successful for, you know. I don't know, five, six, seven years, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting because a lot of things you have told me have turned out to be true. Like, for example, I'll I'll use the cars as an example. It's something that I thought would be really important to me, and I got all the cars, and you told me very early on that it's like, that it wasn't important, and you were right.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, I still love cars. You know, you and I talk about it all the time. me too, but... Uh, But I don't, it doesn't getting in a new car isn't going to make me feel any better because I'm sitting on planes half the time or I'm sitting in hotels or doing appearances and, you know, trying to do what I love to do most and that's change people's lives for the better. Um, just like I think you're realizing the vision of what you're building for your supplement brands. And I think, uh, I think, you know, that overweighs everything. I mean, when you can change people's lives and be a positive influence, I mean, that's why I'll give the time to people and that's why I'll even take this interview where I don't really like to talk too much really about a ton of business and whatever because I feel like sometimes it's it's more of a, a bragging thing but I, I don't I try not to approach it that way because a lot of great opportunities have come to me and I've won some and I've lost lost a lot but uh you know I the to learn, the learning experiences came from the failures of, of what I've done and, and and uh you know I've had enough of those you know but I've had hope you know thankfully, more success than I have failures.
0: Well, so how I look at this interview and this show in general is, is honestly is helping people because just like what you just said is that, you know, people learn from other people's experience. And uh, when I talk about what's what I have my failures in business and mistakes I made or the successes um, or I just talk about general general topics, like, you know, maybe if I talk about uh, procrastination or whatever things that have been problems that I've overcome, um, I feel like people get a value out of that, you know, that they're getting something out of this and hopefully they're taking the things that, that you're saying today or that you're about, you're going to say and, uh, and utilize that in their life to make it better. I agree. Uh, let's talk about obsession. So, um, something I always think I, I've noticed in bodybuilders is to be successful as a bodybuilder, you have to be uh, obsessed. You know, you have to obviously get your meals and no matter what, I mean, you, you know, better than anybody, uh, how, you know. I guess religious you were about um, getting everything done, getting all the meals in, all the training in. And I wonder, because I think a lot about myself and about my success, and I wonder, you know, how important is my obsession, because I am definitely an obsessed person, to the success that I've had.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd call it obsessive, but I'd call it uh, having a vision, having a tunnel vision of, of okay, nothing's gonna get in my way, and. Um, I think fear fear of failure. I mean, I'm not afraid to say that. People always say like these champions do these interviews and these successful CEOs and they're like, oh, I don't, we don't foresee any failure because it's just not in my vocabulary. But, you know, you think in the back of your head, like you and I, and I can speak probably on your behalf, even not even asking you the question, but we weigh every scenario, right? We We have like the good, the bad, the medium, the Okay, how is this going to affect this or that, and and a lot of things probably process through our minds when we go through a situation, and I think that's a better um, a better way to put it is like you're, it's kind of like Groundhog Day. I've mentioned that where, you know, I just have a routine, um, it works, so I don't like to really alter that too much. So it's like the persons that okay, we we start a business, it, our business hours are nine to five. Why is it nine to five? Why isn't it? four in the morning till, you know, (laughs) two in the afternoon, like, I guess it's because we follow a systematic approach, right? So everything has a systematic approach on what we do things. Um, There's protocols. And I think really, as a champion mindset, you evaluate like, like you said, we take into account on people that we follow or experiences, people have been through it. And we put those into our into our agenda. And then we create our vision and our paths. And I think people stray away and build their own path and vision, but we all start off with a prime example of like successful paths that people have taken or chosen to really get to that point. And I think that's really what it comes down to. And, and, you know, you can look and say, okay, well, how did you do it? I mean, we've had this discussion before about my bodybuilding stuff. You know, how do you make the progressive gains? How do you diet? How do you, how do you train? What's your schedule? What's your days you train, what body parts you group together um, how do you make time? I mean, same, same falls into my business. Like I get up every day and I'm a late, late, late beginner. Cause I get up and do cardio and I, I do the same thing you do. Like yeah. we do our, our household duties, right? It's what I'm going to call them in this interview. Um, which, you know, you deal with a, a family. I don't necessarily deal with a family. I got dogs and whatever, but I get up and I, I say, there's no world until my cardio and my breakfast is finished. And then I can focus on my business opportunities. And that's exactly why I'm doing this interview after 10 o'clock a.m. <laughs> Even though I was up at six, I had things to do. And I had to, you know, I got my breakfast done and my early morning training and a couple emails and I um, said, OK, I can make time for this. So uh, I think it's a, you have to be have a vision. I think that's really I hate to call it obsession, session, but a vision that you ha- are straightforward knowing exactly what you want to do. And the funny thing is, I'll mention this, Aaron, is I remember when you were starting Redcon for the viewers, uh, for the people that are listening out there. And you said to me, you knew exactly, you told me like, I'm going to start this brand and I'm going to go this path. This is my vision. You kind of told me the background of the company and, and whatever. And you said, uh, I plan to be, you know, the biggest sports nutrition company out there. And I said, okay, you know, and I didn't say, oh, well, what a moron. Or like, this is like vision that you can't see. Um, I believed it because you were like, this thing's going to be super successful and I have the right ideas. And I know you, we talked about this military background thing and like getting, you know, getting the veterans involved in these things. And I thought it was, it was like clutch because, you know, I deal with a lot of that. I travel to the military base. So I know how much those are my core people and how much they support me. And, you know, and you were saying how you're going to support all these guys and, and really make your focus behind that. I thought it was just absolutely An awesome idea so like you had a vision and you can call it obsessive you can call a lot of different there's a lot of terminology but i think the best thing to say is that you know it's it's a tunnel vision of of only seeing the successful end right right but you know there's going to be along that path along the tunnel there's going to be things pulling at you to try to steer you in different directions but if you have an end end game I mean we think of the ultimate thing just like when I started training for you know to compete in bodybuilding shows of course the end game was the vision was okay if I ever made it to Olympia but it was so far to reach right right so right. you have to have that
0: mindset you know it's like it's like you have to have that vision but you know the thing that makes like me and uh and you different than some people out there is that not only do you have the vision but you also have the drive and that's mm-hmm. the thing that that um you know, I've talked to people about building So one in this show. A lot of times I'll talk about habits and how I'm a big believer that, you know, you can create these positive habits. You can actually create drive. It may take some time and you may have to kind of fake it till you make it, but like you have a drive. So like you, not only did you have the vision to be Mr. Olympia, but you had the drive to do what needed to be done every single day. Same with your business.
1: Yeah. It, it's listen, I, I wasn't going to just be satisfied with being a bodybuilder. I wanted to be a Very success. I wanted to be the most successful. It's funny because I can honestly say, like, I wanted to be the most successful bodybuilder ever. Right. Okay. And listen, people view Arnold as okay Is he the most successful bodybuilder? I mean, Ronnie Coleman, all these people. Right. There's different visions on what people like categorize who's the greatest bodybuilder. You know, you mentioned as you introduced me for the show, you know, arguably one of the best or the best. Okay. I think, you know, I'd have to say I'm the most successful bodybuilder ever, you know, that's truthfully. And that's because, you know, I've thrived on the business end. I've achieved huge status and in, in titles. Uh, you know, I, I may not have the best records or the the length of the career, like a Dexter Jackson uh, or holding titles like Lehaney, Ronnie Coleman, but. You know, I've thrived on the business opportunities, built huge relationships. And, you know, this all around the world, you travel and, you know, you mentioned the name Jay Cutler and, you know, people always have positive things to say. I've established a really good reputation. And I think I think that has something to stay true to, you know, success in business. I mean, business is relationships. Um, A lot of times you have to have solid relationships to have a solid business. Right and uh, i think i think that's you know yes we talked you talked about drive i was born with that because i was bred into it with the farm work and the concrete and the you know and the um you know the blue collar thing that i went through as a younger you know teenager and growing into a man i was kind of put on my own at 18. i had to thrive i surrounded myself with great people and i think that's really what made me better um and be have the drive to be very successful but in the beginning I just wanted to be the, the most successful bodybuilder ever. Cause I heard so many people say you can't be successful in bodybuilding. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I heard that plenty. How important do you think, how do you build successful relationships in business? Like you are and you said something that's very true. You can literally go around. I could ask anybody in our business about you and, and you'll get universally positive comments. Um, how did you, how did you do that? Like, how do you feel like, what is the secret to building these successful business relationships?
1: I think being a great listener, I mean, you know, having conversations with me, I listen and then I speak when I need to speak. It's not something that I overly speak. And I will tell people my honesty, like, you know, if I don't know something, I, I just tell people, listen, I'm not as familiar with this. I don't try to be something that I'm not. Um. That's why sit, it's hard for me sometimes to sit and talk about business because I don't sit there and look at myself as, hey, I'm, a, I'm an awesome businessman. Like, I don't, I don't really say that that much. I just know from experience I've had, you know, a lot of great things happen. But I think it's my willingness to listen, my willingness to learn, uh, my willingness to absorb things and my interest in what I do. I have a lot of passion for the fitness and, and doing things like, you know, to help people. And I think that's really what makes me great at what I do because I actually enjoy it. You know, if you wake up every day and you're like, "Shit, I got to go to work today," and I hate my job. I mean, how many people have heard ever say that? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it's like at your the, the well, you know, what it's like at your office, but I'm sure people are some a lot of those people are excited to come to work because it's a fun working environment. And we just talked about it. I'm not a I'm not a manager, so it's really hard for me to to. You know, boss around people and this and that. I definitely would have some someone doing that under me, which I've had. Uh, but I'm not good at managing people, nor do I want to. And I think you know that's why I've kind of built like a one man show in my thing, where you know I deal directly with the the people. Like all these people that you say, oh Jay Cutler, da 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 da. You know, I've had some sort of conversation. I mean, as we were speaking, I was just booking, you know, my UK tour, and I'm dealing directly with each person of the 10 stops that I'm going to on the UK tour, you know they're getting direct contact with me instead of a manager or something like that. And I think that really, you know, when they can correspond and and learn a lot about the character and when I show up places, I give everyone 100%. Yep. And I think, you know, I think that's, that's a plus in business. You have to do that. You have to be able to listen to people and, and learn the people and everyone's gonna have different personalities. And I haven't, you know, everyone I've met, that I've done business with that I'm not haven't necessarily liked or connected with at some point, but I, I really respect them because they are usually someone that's successful in their own right, what they're doing. And I just try to continue to build that. And I, am a good listener. I think that's key. I'm a good listener.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the, uh, the one-man show that is uh, Team Jay Cutler. I think that is a big thing, though, because these guys are talking to you, and they've got to like that, as opposed to speaking to a manager or some third party. But in terms of a team, why is there no big Jay Cutler team?
1: Um, I, I can't say that there's not necessarily, you know, I, I, I deal, I'm a hands-on guy, Aaron, so I don't know how you run your business, but like if I'm, if I'm doing business with someone, I have to communicate and understand it. So sometimes it takes me diving in to learn that and learn the people. But, uh, I have people around me. I mean, I can sit there and tell you, and you've met a lot of these people. I have the Dave Borlays and the Victor's and I've had, you know, Angie's helped me. My ex-wife has been there. Um, you know, I've had so many pans. I have attorneys and I have, you know, people that do help me manage things, but, uh, it's, it's, it's a one man show because I choose it to be that way because I want to keep it small and simple. Um, I can't really rely on people to do things necessarily the way I would do them. I'm very particular about that. And when there's mistakes and I'm not in charge of those mistakes, obviously someone has to take accountability. Right. Right. So I like to deal directly with a lot of these people. I mean, listen, as I progress and, get into deeper and bigger things, maybe that's not going to be the key. I have business partners, okay, which all the different ventures I'm involved with, which I have trust in those people, but I'm still, you know, on a day to day basis, reaching out to those people and trying to learn and understand a little more, even though I'm not there. And it's very, very difficult with someone like me who's traveling. I don't even know how many days, I mean, you know, how many weekends I'm booked and I'm traveling more these days than I ever was. So, Uh, sometimes it's, it's hard being in different time zones of being in countries where, you know, sometimes 20 hour difference in time, uh, it's hard to manage that. So, uh, I just haven't found, um, someone I'm comfortably with running the whole show for me because you can't, when you're the brand, um, we talked about this even with Redcon, like when you're the brand, I mean, how, how, you know, it's my name, right? Yeah. (laughs) So everything I do is Jay Cutler related, meaning the appearance schedules between supplements and all the branding. It's, it's important for me to, uh, to be that face and be that person of contact. So I just like being hands deep in it
0: for every, uh, for every business owner and entrepreneur. <laughs> I think a big difficulty, a big uh, thing that is difficult for people is to give up control because ultimately, right. You're going to have a really hard time finding somebody who's going to do it better than you. And, yes. uh, and so even with me, like I have, you know, we have 40 something people in this office now and, and, uh, and I honestly believe and this is not me being cocky or whatever. I hope it's not, it doesn't come across as that is I could do all of these, the jobs and maybe I could do some of not, of obviously I'm not a creative guy, so I'm not doing any art or, or video, but like, there's a lot of stuff that I feel like I can maybe do just as good or possibly better, but you can't do it all. Right. And it's t- difficult to, um. Uh, to give up anything when you know that you, and also like you said, what happens if they make a mistake versus if you make your own mistake, you know, you can be accountable to yourself. It's difficult to allow somebody else to have the potential to make a mistake. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot on the line, right? A lot. Yeah.
1: So I think, you know, it's not such a bad thing and that's why people, you know, when they look at someone like you or I and people listening to this, uh, you know, you can look, look at us and I know some people are influenced positively, by our our power moves right mm-hmm. uh but to live in our bodies for a day or two they would it's very chaotic right because there's a lot of different things being thrown at you plus trying to find balance and and we've had this now where you're like i really need this vacation you know you just took a vacation to mexico right and rained, it rained every day so i'm sure it wasn't as much of an outlet as you would like but <laughs> you're like i re- i remember you telling me i really need this vacation and you know, and, and honestly, Aaron, I can't wrap my, I can't grasp that where I'm so mentally burnt out that, uh, I need a vacation because, you know, i vac- every week, you know, when I appearance it's like a vacation for me, um, a lot of great places. I go to some, some bad places too, but, uh, it's, it's just like, you know, I can escape because I actually love what I do and I'm surrounded by people. And it's like, you know, I just took a trip to New York and yes, I got to escape for a day or two, but it doesn't allow me to really get, I'm still working on business while I'm there. I don't know. It, it's, I can't totally cut the phones off. And I'm sure you're the same way. You were probably on social looking at, okay, what ads are running through and what's, what's, you know, what am I doing for, for scheduling? And you 100%, know, it's just, 100%. It, I can't it, turn it off. Yeah. And you know, I saw you on social media. So it's like, this day and age, man, it's just like everything is a touch away. The cell phone is an outlet of yourself. And it's just crazy because if we didn't have cell phones, maybe we would be able to have that. escape. Yeah. But fortunately, this day and age and it's not I say unfortunately to use that, you know, get away from that. But for business, it's like, wow, like 24-7, right? I mean, yeah. who would have ever thought 15, 20 years ago? This is what it would be like, you know, and you're sitting here and being able to connect with people all over the world and watch your business, like continue to thrive throughout the night. And, uh, you know, there's no work days anymore, Aaron. Like no. you go home, you know, you might work. I don't know what your work schedule is, but I don't have a schedule. Like it's just like when you call me and said, hey, what time are you free? It's like, dude. I don't know like you know what i mean i'm gonna put 10 o'clock but you know i could have called janelle before and said hey something came up because that's sure. what my day like these days you know and and we talk about structure but you know how it is i mean you've been traveling a lot and yeah. like things come up right um you kind of know what's kind of thrown at you but i'm sure people are running in your office every other minute saying okay what about this what about that you're walking through the warehouse you know i see your videos and like it's just crazy man like i i, I just you know it's it's very it's a very chaotic life but I wouldn't trade it for the world you know
0: I I totally agree you know I love all this stuff so like uh you know we we run into problems all the time like right now we're doing this big sale and we're you know good problem to have but we are um, doing much more than we anticipated and so now I have to call the uh early Eduardo called Craig who does the apparel and stuff and we have to order all these extra bags you have to rush to get them printed you don't want to cause a customer service issue if people are waiting you know a week for their bags so you have to overnight the. So there's always stuff like that going on. And I got to admit, you know, uh, I like the, uh, action. Like I would not want to have a, a job where I was, you know, doing work from nine to five and then just be going home and watching TV, having dinner. It's just not me.
1: Yeah. It's not me.
0: It's just not me. Let's talk about quitting. So when I talk about like the, like people always uh, in success, right. People want success tips. I'm going to ask you some of yours later on, but the biggest thing you don't like when you have a goal, the worst thing, obviously, you can do that guarantees you won't win is quit, right? And uh, you have um, you had a point in your life where you were going against Ronnie Coleman and you were getting second place over and over and over again. And um, I wanted to know about, like, your thoughts on sticking with your goal no matter what, no matter how impossible or tough it may seem.
1: You know what? Uh, quitting wasn't in my vocabulary. I, that's one thing that I learned early in life is, you know, I had to work my ass off to get everything I ever had. I was taught values very early and that's upbringing, but uh, I'm hard headed, Aaron, you know, I'm stubborn. Uh, I think that's any, any, any CEO or anyone that of, you know, that owns a business like refuses to quit. I mean, when you like, you know, that there's, there's that possibility that something doesn't work, but you say, okay, well, let's take this approach instead. And that's kind of what I did every year, um, and I had one goal. I was one step away, you know. And uh, for me to quit, I was like, "Nah, this this isn't going to happen," you know. And uh, right. I don't understand people like that. I really don't. And I I don't want to criticize anyone, but like, you know, giving up is is not really an option, especially when you're when you're bred like us, and and uh, you know, your head is, you know, you can beat your head against the wall ten times and you're just going to keep fighting to move forward. I mean, that's, that's kind of the bodybuilding mentality really put me in a great position for the business side because like I usually, you know, I don't, I don't see failure as an option, meaning I might fail, but I'm going to take a different approach and I'm going to move forward and I'm going to find a way around it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. we're not always going to be exact and on point every single time, but we kind of know the trends and we kind of know, okay, this is our vision on what we want to achieve. But, uh, I, I refuse to quit. I don't know any, how anyone could quit.
0: When did you, um, start looking at it, bodybuilding as an actual business? Like not just strictly like going to a show and winning and getting, uh, you know, first place. When did you actually start thinking of it as like, an Listen, business?
1: I'll be honest from day one. I mean, as soon as I got a picture in the magazine, <clears throat> you know, and was able to put a PO box in there, The letters started coming and people wanted more. So I gave them more. I gave them a a little diet plan. I gave them pictures. I gave them them one picture and one t-shirt options, Mm -hmm. each with 20 bucks. So they could order that with a check of money order. You know, that's how people were ordering stuff. Forget about credit cards because there was no way to run. That's when we were carbon copying credit cards at shows, right? Uh, But – you know that's where it started. It started with one T-shirt, and one picture. We started with a diet plan. It started with, uh, you know, online—not uh, online, but like through the mail training. Like, hey, write me out a diet. You know, um, and I would ma- I would write this stuff, or I would you know use a typewriter. Um, <laughs> you know, internet. I launched my website in two thousand. Remember, I started bodybuilding in ninety-one. Uh, but I launched jcutler.com in 2000. I had an outlet to now correspond with people without writing hand letters, emails. I mean, back then it was AOL dial up, right? So yeah. it took a while to sign up and, you know, everything was at AOL, right? So, uh, that's where it all started. And once I could connect worldwide, man, and I'm like, holy shit, I have a worldwide audience. Like people just started asking for stuff like, Hey, can I get this? Can I get that? Hey, can I have a shirt that says this? All that I saw this or saw that, like, this is a great idea and whatever. But I started with one t-shirt, one picture, and then it rolled from there. Then it was appearances. And then it was like showing up at appearances and, you know, talking about topics and, hey, you you know, you do this or do that. You should do a t-shirt that says this or, you know, I think the apparel started at all and then eventually supplements came into play and I got involved more with that. And, you know, I had a lot of great sponsorship partnerships with companies over the years that, you know, just allowed me to get more publicity. And once you publicize, and then forget about it, social media came about, Instagram was formed, and then it just came to the next level.
0: I mean, I would say I'm more popular today than I was 10 years ago. I think you definitely are. I think you definitely are. So you, who told you to do the initially? Was this like all, were you Chris, trying to...
1: Chris Aceto told me.
0: <laughs> That's funny. I was wondering oh. if it was if it was him or, yeah. su- su-
1: Super plug for Chris Aceto. That's awesome. But I had a. I had a business mentor, obviously my brothers, my dad too, but, uh, my, a business mentor who really helped me value myself. And I say that because a lot of guys undercut themselves because they don't see the vision. Right. And it's hard to think, okay, well, I'm going to be the best bodybuilder in the world someday. Even though everyone would in the beginning always kind of said that Chris Ocito told me, you know, you're going to win the Mr. Olympia, you know, but I think, I think really having a good business sense around me and I had a good business mentor kind of when I was, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Who was the the
0: business mentor? This
1: this guy, Bruce Fartain, unfortunately he passed away, Uh, but, uh, he was a super, like, he was very, um, good in, in learning, having me learn my value. Mm -hmm. And he came Mm -hmm. with me the first time I met Joe Weeder, actually. And Joe Weeder offered me money and he was the one And when I walked out of the office, he said you're not taking that deal and i was like man like Joe Weeder just <laughs> offered a deal. how am i going to refuse Joe Weeder it's like trust me it, it's a smart move it's a smart play and uh the next year i came back and signed for double the money they offered me you know <laughs> so so s- little stubbornness a uh, little smart play little um little confidence i think it, it makes a big difference in someone's success
0: yeah Obviously, obviously. So from the, you know, one of the things I know about you, um, obviously, is that you've been smart uh, with money and real estate and business for a long time. When Mm -hmm. did you when did you start like getting into that stuff from the very beginning or like when did you start thinking about actually making your money work for you versus, you know, just buying nice stuff or whatever?
1: I um, You know, I learned when I was in California, I saw the rat race there. Uh, I moved to Orange County in 99 and I saw people just making enough money to pay their bills each month. And I said, I never want to be in that. So I remember at the time, you know, I was making great money and I remember I would only allow myself to eat out once a week. You know, I was at home cooking and I was making wow. well into six figure income. I mean, I bought a house six months after being out there, which, you know, as a bodybuilder, a lot of these guys don't think about that. Um, I thought, okay, I got to invest, you know, the market had just come down in. in 98 so the the housing was you know was on its way back up within the next couple years so i bought a home and i was able to make great money i moved you know i went to vegas on a whim and uh and then i i saw the opportunity in Vegas and after nine eleven. i bought property out here i think i bought six homes in 2003 and that's the year you were following it then i won a ton of shows so i was able to put down short money on a lot of these homes and i was one of these flippers so i was building homes with a builder and I was able to make a fortune just, um, you know, by the time the homes were done, I was flipping them and selling them. Uh, so for me, like, that's kind of how it all started. And then eventually made enough capital to get into commercial. And uh, and then, you know, I had my run in, in real estate and then I used it to step into other arenas uh, with. I do I do all sorts of stuff. I do medical liens and, uh, you know, I have I'm involved in cultivation here. Um, I have some insurance stuff that I do and, you know, I'm still in the supplements and I do all my own branding stuff and appearances. I do the shows. I do all sorts of different things. Um, You know, we've talked about that before, but I think a lot of diversity is key. I think it's really hard to put in this day and age, put everything in one basket unless you like have just the knack for that. You know, I think someone like you, like, you know, you've done a couple brands. You've done more than a couple brands, but a couple of your big, you know, your big uh, projects. Okay, uh, you you know that you know the system, right? Right. So you've been very successful, but with me, I've had a lot of success in a lot of different arenas. You know, I've done. I don't do the real estate as heavy now um, because it's a, it's something you've got to constantly watch and you know and reinvest and whatever and i was looking for things that you know i could continually grow but without you know i'd like to be diversified and have a lot of stuff always on the move you know sure. and i'm not really like my whole interest is you know the whole the whole fitness thing is obviously my passion and i've done so well in that like that's where a lot of my time is still committed and i think for me like you know having a lot of different action going on, meaning not being stuck with one thing and folk. I have a hard time focusing on one thing, if that makes any sense. Sure, yeah. Uh, I, I my mind's kind of scattered between a lot of different things. I look at every opportunity and trust me, a lot comes on my plate and I only jump at so many things. But what I realized and I'll tell anyone that's listening is there's no easy way to make money or to be successful it's always, you're always going to have obstacles and struggle to get there. And it's, it's very time consuming. So if anyone comes to you and says, this is a sure thing, this is easy. Um, I can tell you the easiest thing that you'll, you could ever do is receive a contract from a company to get paid and be a spokesperson, right? Because that's sure. just basically like, okay, I collect a check and I do this and listen, I've done that, but I've tried to be more involved and, and tried, like I told you along the way, build those relationships and and get, give people their value to what, what they put, you know, what they paid me. Um, so that's really, you know, what I can really state about that. But I just like a lot of action. Um, and I've learned, you know, and I, listen, I've done real estate deals that went bad. You know, there's not, I haven't, the best success all the time, but I've always come out on top. I mean, and, and truthfully, I mean, at this point in my life, I mean, I'm comfortable and I'm living healthy and and, uh, I'm still doing things that are fun, right? It's more about fun these days. And I think you could tell me the same thing. You wake up every day excited to go to work,
0: right? 100%, 100%. Look, um, so one of the things you just brought up was that people come to you with business opportunities a lot. That's something that has happened to me uh, especially recently, uh, a lot where it's like it seems like there's always somebody want to pitch me some business uh, opportunity. Now, I where I'm at in my life right now with Redcon, I uh, I I always say no. Even though that I've had some things that – even one thing that I can think of off, offhand that, that if I would have said yes, I would have been very lucrative for me and it, and it worked out for the person who did take the opportunity. But I always say no because I am really focused and I don't want to splinter my focus into a bunch of other opportunities. But for you, what do you actually look for when somebody sits down and tells you, hey, I got a good opportunity?
1: I look to understand it. If I don't understand it, I can't do it, Aaron. Yeah. You know, I'm not the most intelligent guy, but I, I kind of get a grasp of certain things pretty quickly. Um, but when they try to sell me this thing's a, sh- a, a sure thing and it's easy and this math and that, then I run <laughs> uh, because I know nothing's easy. Right. Right. Uh, but I, I have to connect with the people. I have to believe in it. I have to I have to weigh out the good, the bad, uh, the success like shelf on it sure um, and what the end goal is you know and if the person's not passionate see how long they've been involved in doing it if someone just jumps up across something hey let's do this you know and they don't really have the mindset of like hey i'm interested in it i just look at it as a value of making money that's not fun to me like like listen anyone can go make a ton of money i mean people win the lottery and you see what happens with most of those people you know right um, You know, you have to have a business sense, and you have to have uh, a great idea. And it's gonna be—it's a long-term thing. It's not. Listen, it's like you telling me, okay, I'm gonna build Redcon One, and I'm gonna sell it in a year. It just doesn't happen like that, <laughs> right? You know, when, because you know what? I could—I talked to you a year ago, and your vision—what it is, wasn't what it is now—because you're still shock yourself every month. Sure, uh, And how big big your following has become. And I think that's like li- I'm not even talking dollars, Aaron. Like we don't talk dollars like that's not our conversations. Our conversation is based on the passion of what we do. Right. Mm-hmm. And Talk about how you're changing the game as far as like people are coming to you. And when you go to these shows now, you're like shocked that people want to take pictures because <laughs> ah, you're creating the positive branding for these people, meaning. You're coming with products. You're changing people's lives. People are influenced by that. Like, because they're looking in the mirror and they're seeing things that are better. That's why these people like it. I mean, they're taking your products and they're seeing results, right? So I think that's the biggest – there's nothing more in achieving anything. When you change people's lives all around the world, man, like, uh, fuck dollars, you know? Like, yeah. we, we all we all want to have nice things, but – you know, someone who's had nice things, like, like you said, for 20 years, like you start to look for, okay, what what is my true happiness, you know? And I'm still going to have nice things, but I want other people to have nice things too, you know? sure. And I want to share the knowledge. So I think, you know, with people that come to me with all these ideas and whatever, I'm great at what I do, man. I'm so good at what I do. And that's what I'm going to stick to. And I'm refusing things more these days than I ever was, because obviously, you know, I'm easily defined I mean, my emails on my Instagram <laughs> and, you know, I have to weigh out everything. So I just do things that I like to do. And I mean, you know, I mean, you called me with things we talked about, you know, financial situations. And I think, uh, you know, we both like look at it as like, hey, we're focused on what we're building. And that's our empires, you know?
0: Right. 100%. Um, what do you think, um, if you had to name one single biggest business mistake, what would you say? I don't know if you're, (laughs) if you're ready to come clean with the biggest mistake, I don't know what it would be, but, um, like I think to myself about my biggest business mistakes and I've made a few, but sometimes my biggest business mistakes led to successes. So it's hard to say, do you have something you look back on where you're like, this is something I shouldn't have done or a mistake that you're like.
1: I would say say in this day and age, the biggest business mistake is in the contracts. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a great representation of the contracts, meaning you have to have in your contracts like exit strategies, uh, you know, uh, terms as far as like if things go this way or that way. too many people like it's a legal game now. And I hate to say that because. You know, everyone just it's based on legal rights and if something doesn't work, people think, OK, well, I'm going to get an attorney and that's how it's going to take care of it. And, you know, that's just a waste of money. You know that because in the end, the attorneys win. The clients necessarily don't all the time. In some cases they do, but the attorneys are going to get rich doing it. Uh, it's all like in the contracts. Um, I can say that in business. OK, that's number one. Um you know what man i think the biggest mistake is just doing things that you're not aware of meaning you're not passionate about you're not uh you're not knowledgeable on uh, mm. someone comes to you with an idea or, and you don't know and they say oh i got this uh, putting trust in other people bro is is the hardest thing you could ever do and i think you know that uh you know business partners or whatever, letting someone else have certain tasks that they don't fulfill. Yep, um, people are made to, uh, <laughs> how can I say this? Uh, like you have to be prepared for disappointment, yeah, right? Yep, and I'll kind of leave it at that. So, the relationships, I mean, dude, I hate to compare it, but a lot, it's like a lot of marriages end up bad, right? Because, of course, like you know, and that's basically what you're, when you're getting involved with a partnership, uh, you're marrying that person. Right. And you know, you're kind of like you're together every day or you're on the phone every day and you're, you're in business together, man. And listen, partners don't always agree, but in the end game, you want to have a successful thriving business. And that's not always the case that happens. So choose, choose your partners correctly, but also, uh, choose the deals you put together, uh, On the legal side, more importantly, uh, make sure that those contracts are, are basically very favorable towards your vision.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, you know, you know, I certainly agree with the partner thing. I know for me personally, if I was going to have another partner in my future, uh, a business partner that it was, uh, you know, an equity, you know, we're sharing equity, you own part of the business. I would be very, very careful in terms of making sure that person was a really value added partner, that they were able to do something that I either didn't want to do or wasn't capable of doing. Yes. Because, um, man, it sure does suck to have to keep. Uh, Now that I run my own business and I own it 100%, to ask somebody else or to be conscious of somebody else's uh, time or schedule or feelings or anything, um, you know, um, it's nice to be able to do what you want to do and have your vision play out the way you want unencumbered by somebody else's maybe different uh, vision or work ethic or schedule or, you know, whatever. Um, So it's definitely something I would be very, very careful about in the future. Um, so if, like, for example, if you don't have any money and they have money, that's a different story, right? Because then they're bringing value If if they have a skill set yeah, that you don't have, yeah.
1: There's a lot of great partners that don't necessarily have the money but they have the knowledge and right. the ideas, right? Sure. So that's not, I'm not sitting there pointing fingers at that, you know? I'm pointing fingers at like, you have to just know your role, right? right? And your vision has to be similar. Uh, but, you know, listen, you can't help what the economy does. If we go to war, if we, there's so many variables in life, um, you know, especially in this day and age, man. You're right. (laughs) Watch the news every day and the the shootings and all this stuff. And listen, I was in the, you know, I was in the ammo manufacturing business and, you know, that's taken a big hit, uh, because of the lockdown of, of ammunition being sold, you know? So, I mean, there's, there's different things that, uh, you know, there's variables that come about daily, and I think that you know you have to have those in your in your business model. Like everyone puts together percentages and and what uh, what businesses you know the conservatives and and whatever, but I think you know it's really hard to plan things out and scope everything.
0: Um, I'll, uh, I'll leave you with this one. We'll, we'll end off on Jay Cutler, future business goals. So like when you think of your future and where you want to be five, 10 years from now, where, what are you thinking? Like, what's the future hold for you in terms of your business?
1: Mm I want to be known locked dead that I'm the greatest and most <laughs> successful bodybuilding businessman ever. I love it. Good. Good. So, so I'm like- doing it- and I'm doing that. And I'll tell you on this call and remember this in five or 10 years, the DMJ was right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. We've, we've locked it down now. It's going to be there forever. So next time I introduce you, it won't be, uh, uh, what did I say? Um, certainly the most successful bodybuilder of our time. I'll say of in the history of the world. Yeah. Ever, yes. ever, ever. Okay. Well, Jay, look, thank you so much for uh, spending your time with me and, uh, being on readiness radio and i'm sure people are going to really enjoy this and i know like you said this is not something that you usually uh talk about so i know um, i know that's going to be neat for everybody and, and i appreciate you doing that with me no problem all right brother so thank you again and this was readiness radio with myself and four-time mr olympia six most successful bodybuilder of all time jay Cutler.
1: yes thank you